Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Hey, let's give it up for the band one time. They did a great job this morning. They're gonna be back in a few minutes. We're gonna change things up a little bit. Some of you are freaking out. Is that all the music we're doing? Relax. Breathe with me, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time. Um, I was thinking about my fondest memory and I didn't even hear it. So sometimes you, anybody ever just like, you, you hear certain things different times. Well, I, I didn't know like that, this little intro thing they were doing. I didn't know they were gonna talk about their favorite and fondest memories. And I felt like, man, I need to have one. I'm the pastor of the church. I need to have a good fond memory. And I was thinking, I don't have one. Like there's a lot of them, but like I just, but then I was thinking about it and this sounds really weird and that family's probably here today, but we had the honor this past week to do a funeral. Um, and, and that's not my fondest memory. Um, my fondest memory is how I met this guy that I did the funeral for. And he was coming to church for a long time. We were in Bible study together. He was in his 80s, uh, maybe at that point in his middle 70s. And every week he would sit right back there. And I walked up to him. His name is Harry. I put my arm around Harry and I just asked an honest question. I said, Harry, why do you come to Journey? This is not your style of church. Like this is not a hymns. This is not a suit and tie. This is not all those things. And, and like, like, why do you come here? Because I can tell you it's not, and this is what he said. I can tell you it's not the music. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a bold one. And then he goes, and it's not the preaching either. I'm like, <laughs> and he said, no, 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 it is, it is the preaching. It is, no. this is what he said. He goes, this place is alive. And that was evident just a minute ago, wasn't it? This place is alive. So why don't you give yourself a big round of applause, 20 years. I'm not going to go into a bunch of stories. You're going to see some in a little bit. We're going to celebrate tonight. If you're coming back with us at five o'clock, it's going to be a great time. But a couple of weeks ago, a pastor that's starting a church, just like we did 20 years ago, he's a church planner. He asked me a question. He said, he said, Bobby, tell me like when you first started the church or what, what, what are you trying to be as a church? And that's a tough question because like everybody wants to give the spiritual answer. We want to be a place where God dwells. We want to be a place where the Holy Spirit is free to move. We want to be this. We want to be that where everybody's welcome. And I said, you know something, it's easy for me, easier for me to tell you all the things I didn't want Journey to be as opposed to the things I want Journey to be. And I said this, and this is how I started. I said, one of the things I'd never want Journey to be is I'd never want Journey to be a hotel. Um, how many people have ever spent a night in a hotel? Raise your hand, like three of you. Great. Y'all don't get out much. If you go to a hotel, what do you do? You, 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 you eat, drink their coffee, you mess their bed up, you know, they put the nice little stuff and you use their towels and you steal them. I mean, you throw them down on the floor. You know, I probably got three or four from, from, from hotels right now hanging over my golf bag. Um, it's, it's one of those, but you don't do anything. You don't lift a finger, do you? You just expect everybody else. You know something? I don't want to be that kind of church. I want to be a church where people just come and they don't lift a finger and they don't find their place and they just kind of mess the place up and they use all the stuff and they go. And I said, you know what else? I, I don't want to be a gym. And he, what, what were you talking about? I said, how, okay, so how many, people, how many people in the room belong to a gym? Raise your hands. Put your hands down. How many people have not been back to the gym since they paid that first thing? <laughs> Most of you, right? Because that's what, that's what we do. We go to the gym because they have this big, you know, like, you know, $29 for the first month or, you know, like one of the places they, they give you donuts and pizza between your workouts. I think that's my gym. Like, I, I don't know, like, but it's one of those deals where, but you end, end up never showing back, but you probably still pay the bill. And that's, that's, that's the way the church has been a little bit too. We just come, you know, big, big events. We come here, we have a big time, we have a good time. And then, you know, the luster wears off and you kind of, and I know lots of people that they still pay the bill. They still, they still give around here and all that kind of stuff, but they're just not involved. And I thought about this one and this may hurt your feelings. Like I told them, I don't want to be in asylum either. Like, you know what I'm talking about? 
Like, I know lots of places, unfortunately, that people, sick people, hurt people come in and they leave worse than they did when they came in because of church hurt and the environment there. And that's not healthy either. And then it dawned on me, I do know what kind of church I want us to be. I mean, for 20 years, we've been a hospital. Twenty years ago, I sat with our leadership team and I said, I just want to be a church of restoration that restores people back to God, that lets them know that it's okay to serve God, that, 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 that you can wear jeans and a t-shirt and come to know Christ and you can do all that kind of stuff. You don't have to wear suits and ties and all that. And we want to be a hospital. A hospital is where sick people come in, but they get well and nobody judges them for their sickness. And then I thought, you know something? There's, there's a little bit more to that because that's not in, entirely what the church is. And so I started studying and I ended up looking at the words of the Apostle Paul in, the, in Ephesians chapter four. This is what he says. This is what he calls the church. He said, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way uh, and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He, he says the, the church is a body. It's a body, of, it's a body of people to come together. And if you just, your natural body, you have heads and toes and, you know, I have elbows and you have your knees and you have, you know, all that stuff. And it's, there's difference. And then he goes on to say, he says, he who makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. That's, that's the model of church I want to be. I want to be the body where God is the head and God makes the calls and, God, and God's leading and guiding us, instructing us how to handle and how to walk through this community. Because I believe this, I believe that the local church is still the hope of the world. Like, I know that the, the local church in the, in the media looks bad sometimes. I know that, that people are against the local church and against Christianity and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, we're still the hope of the world. We still have the answers to this world's problems. As a matter of fact, I believe it's potential and the church has not even been scratched. It's unlimited. I believe this about the church. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in context of community, what community looks like. I believe this, that the local church still bridges the gap to the unconvinced world and offers truth to those that are confused. I still believe the church provides resources for those who need. Those that are, down, you know, food insecure, struggles with housing, that the church still has to do that. And it frees the oppressed and offers belonging to the marginalized world. I still believe, with everything that's in me, that the church is an agent that breaks addictions, that people that have addictions and struggles and problems, that they're still a place that we call the church that frees the oppressed. And I believe whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. But the truth is this, then it shouldn't be shocking. This is God's design plan, but that doesn't always work out this way. And God not only wants us to love him, he wants us to love each other. I've said this for years, when this is right, this will be right. And that, that's what scripture says in John chapter 13, 35. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How we love each other is how we make Jesus famous. Now, here's the funny thing is we blow each other up on neighborhood apps and, and, and Twitter and all those things. As, you know, and the bad thing is the church is its own worst enemy. Like we're blowing each other up in this process. How can we, how can we change that? What does it look different? And unfortunately, it's not uncommon for even the church people. I had a conversation with, and Bill Hill, he's one of, my, one of my close, he's a close friend of mine. He's the pastor over here at Grace. And somebody walked up to me and said, did you hear about, I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm not gonna listen to what's going on over there. That's not, that's not in the best interest of the church. Well, what does it look like? 
And what do we need to do for the next 20 years? What's it look like around this place? Well, what is God expecting? What's the expectation of us? See, the church will only become what God wants it to be when we realize that we're connected to each other, that we have, we have ties to each other, that Journey and Grace are on the same team, that Journey and Warren are on the same team, that Journey and Stevens Creek, hey, by the way, that we're on the same team, There's, that they were for each other. Ephesians chapter two, the apostle Paul writes this, but now you have been united with Christ once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Now watch verse 21. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming what? A holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. See, being connected is important because there's a couple things it does. It increases our effectiveness. Now, in a couple months, uh, and we're not, we're not ready to share this completely, but in a couple months, we're going to revamp this whole building. We're going to add on uh, double the children's ministry space over there because it's grown to the point where we can't fit kids in there anymore. And so we need to expand that. We're going to expand a huge pavilion over here so we can be endearing to our community so the community can use it, but we can use it as an, another experience right here. And I was thinking about this this past week because my office sits facing that way. In, in, a few, in a few weeks, a few months, you're going to start seeing piles of rocks out here. In a few weeks or a few months, you're going to start seeing piles of steel out here. You're going to start seeing all kinds of concrete. You're going to see all kinds of, all kinds of uh, fixtures and, and wood and all that kind of stuff. But you know, when they're just sitting there, there's not a lot of power to them, is there? It's not till we all of a sudden, we put the rock down and we put the concrete on top of the rock and we put the steel girders in and we start building walls. Do we see the effectiveness of that building or the, those, those products? Same thing with the church. Listen, it's not until we come together and we allow God to use us in an individual, like everybody's got a thumbprint, everybody's got a spiritual gift, and we need that spiritual gift in this church so we can be exactly what God's called us to be. That's where we become the most effective. Not only that, man, I'm telling you, when we're together, there's a strength that we have. When we're united together, there's a strength that this world can't, I'm, I'm telling you, it can't compare anything to it. Before I became a pastor, and been doing this 30-something years, I went to school to be a landscape architect. I, really, I wanted to work at Augusta National. I wanted to work on their greens teams. I wanted to actually head that all up. So I went and I got you know, some classes and degrees and all that kind of jazz, and I really wanted to do that. And then God called me into, into ministry. But one of the things I remember from one of my classes, and they would talk about the root system of plants and the root system of like big trees. There could be a tree that's sitting right next to a, a creek and a tree a hundred yards away. And because of the root system, this tree may not be able to get any water, but somehow through the root system, it gets up for that tree way over there. It's like anybody been to California and seen the giant redwoods in California? Their, 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 their root system is very shallow, eight to 10 feet, but they're intertwined that when the strong California winds come, they don't bend over. That's the church. When we are united together, there's more strength. We can stand up to the things of the world. We can stand up to the problems in our lives. We, and by the way, can I just let you know something? We are part of something so much bigger than this right here. Somebody say amen. Do you realize that right now in this hour, there's millions of people all across the world, millions, millions and millions that are worshiping the same Jesus we just worshiped. That's powerful. Sometimes I've got to step back and go, you know something? It's not, and we don't have a corner. Journey doesn't have a corner of the market. The American church doesn't have a, a corner of the market, which we're going to talk about in a second. But, but, but millions of people, we're, so, we're part of something so much bigger, which leads me to the, the church is a place, and some of you are going to hate this word, but it's not in the context you think. It's not in the political context. It's not in the sexual context. 
But the church is a place where its diversity should be celebrated. The difference of our church people and our churches should be celebrated. We look throughout the world and churches are so, okay, like this, right now, our music style is our music style, right? And most, you're here probably, even though Harry didn't like it, most of you come here because the preaching's fairly good. You never know what the crazy guy's gonna do. Maybe a chainsaw one week, you know, you never know. But it's different. There's diversity in what we do, and that's okay. You know, there's hundreds of churches in this city that do it different. As long as they're proclaiming the message of Jesus, it doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't, style doesn't matter. Some people dress up in suits. Some people dress up in, in Jordans. I mean, there's just all kinds of different, different styles and whatever it takes because there's millions of people that are far from Christ and it may take a person like you to bring that person to this place right here where they can hear the dangerous message of Jesus. That's the most important thing. And we need to remember the American church, can I just say this? The American church is not, is not, it's not the schematic for the, the worldwide church. Journey is not, journey is not it either. Like God's, God's church, God's plan. You know, this is what he says. He goes, in my, in my house, there's many rooms. Think about your natural house. You have bathrooms and kitchens and some places are, you know, there's a place where you have, you know, products for, you know, if you cut your finger and all that kind of stuff. Every room in your house has a different purpose. Just like every church has a different purpose. Do you know what I love about McDonald's? Say it again. Amen, sister. You throw them French fries in that vanilla milkshake, and that's heaven. So how, how many people go to McDonald's? Raise your hands real high. I want my wife to see this. It's okay for me to go. She, man, God forbid I have a McDonald's bag in my truck one day. When did you go to McDonald's? No, it's not like that. It's like, you're going to die of a heart attack. You know, you know what I like about McDonald's? And I, I've had a chance to travel a little bit. I've been to Italy and Spain, and I've been over to, you know, places where we go for missions trips. To, um, I've been to Jamaica. You know what I love about McDonald's? The McDonald's in Jamaica is almost the same as the one in Evans. The one, the one in Evans is just like the one in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Uh, I don't know why, but, and my kids did this, and my wife's done this before, they haven't changed the menu in like 50 years, right? And we get in the line and we get like, okay, what would you like? And she, I don't know. It's quarter pound with cheese, right? It's, it's filet of fish. It's McRib when they have those in there, amen. Right, because Jesus loves the McRib. It's mystery meat, we know. It's okay, but it's okay, right, it's okay. And a Big Mac. Hey, you know what I love? A Big Mac in, in Evans, Georgia is the same as the Big Mac in Haiti. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. There's no diversity. I love that. That's what I love, right? You know what I love about the church? It's not McDonald's. It's not McDonald's. That every church has a unique thumbprint that they want to use, and God wants to use in their community. And that's the beauty of this church is it's different. It takes all types of churches to reach all types of people. I'm going to read Ephesians 2 a little bit further in verse 13. But now you have been united, I love that, with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Verse 17. I, I love the way this song. You brought this good news of peace to the Gentiles who are far away and peace to the Jews who were near. 
Now, all of us come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. So if you're ba- Baptist or Methodist or, or Episcopalian, if you come through to the Father through the same Holy Spirit, what Christ has done for us, it says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all God's people. You are members of God's family. I, w- I want you to do me a favor. If you're down at our Sherwood campus, I want you to do it. If you're in our atrium, I want you to do it. If you're here, if you're sitting at home by yourself, I don't know how you're going to pull this one off, but give it a try. I want everybody in this room to look around. Look around. That means you, some of you are going to have to turn around. What do you see besides crazy people? You know what I see? Great diversity. And if this bothers you, heaven's going to be hell. Because this is a glimpse of heaven right here. People from different social and economic backgrounds, different colors, different, different creeds, different, different looks, different, all that stuff. And it's going to drive people crazy in heaven if we, can't get, if we can't get along right here. And when I say diversity, I'm not talking about like, well, like things that are like far off the docket as far as Christianity. I'm not calling like things are sin that we have to accept that. But I believe this, that, that there's differences and we should, we should be able to lift each other up in our differences. We, we, we should be able to, to honor the differences. We should be able to say, you know something, I celebrate your differences, one of the things that Alan says all the time, Alan's our executive pastor, he says this, there's, there's some open-hand conversations and there's some closed-hand conversations. The open-hand conversations are things we're just not going to argue about. They're not worth, uh, people have been arguing for 2,000, I'll give you a for instance real quick, okay? How many people are raised in church? Raised in church. Okay. So how many people have heard about the rapture? Okay. The rapture is when Jesus is going to come back and, and he's going to take all his people. So how many people, how many people know without a shadow of a doubt when Jesus is coming back? Uh, Jesus said that the man, son of man doesn't even know when he, no, he's coming back. Right. We've been arguing about the rapture. So there's post, there's pre, there's mid, there's all these other like, and, and we, we, we argue about like, we are, we are a pre-tribulation church. If you want to know what we are here at Journey, we're a pan-tribulation church. It's all going to pan out the way God wants it to pan out. <laughs> because we've been arguing. So that would be an open hand thing. But you know something? There's a closed hand over here too. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And because of sin in our lives, because we were born and we, we continue to do that, that we need Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us so we can have eternal life. Somebody say amen to that. That's closed handed. We can celebrate our, our diversity. So how does that apply to our church? First, regardless of where you fall, on the social economic system, you're welcome here. Amen? Like, I, I don't care how much, one of the reasons I don't know who gives in this church is because I don't want, want to know how much you give in this church. I never want to look at somebody differently because they give a lot or they give a little. I think about the widow's might. Jesus celebrated that person had one little, one little pence, one little, a few, a few pennies to give and celebrated that thing. Another thing, this is how it applies to our church. Regardless of the ethnic or cultural heritage, you're important to this church. Somebody say amen to that. Regardless of your past, I really don't care about your past. The Bible says that when you ask Jesus to be your savior, the old is gone and the new has come. And that's what we should be celebrating. So I don't care where you came from. What you were yesterday does not define your today. Somebody say amen to that. Let me give you the last one. We'll close right here. This segment, we're not closing the service yet. <laughs> Some of you are like, yay, we're going home early. We can beat the rest of the Baptist in Monterey's. <laughs> the church exists to serve the world. 
to point people to Jesus and to be an agent of reconciliation. That's what we're here for. To point people to Jesus, to say, you know something? This is the Jesus we serve, but to serve the world through that. The church does not exist for itself. It exists to serve the world. This is especially true today in a world that we live in where so many people, honestly, are hostile to the church. You know, you know what's said in our, in our world? The people in the world know everything the church is against. You know, we're against this sexual orientation. We're against this thing right here. We're against this right here. We're against this right here. We're going to boycott, you know, Chick-fil-A. We're going to boycott. We're not boycotting Chick-fil-A. But we're going to boycott Disney World. We're going to boycott Kmart. We're going to boycott, which Kmart's not even in existence. We boycotted that one well, by the way. We boycotted, we're going to boycott Target, right? We're going to boycott all these things. What would happen if the world knew what we were for? How, how would that change? Well, the change, how would it change the perception of the world if we just said, you know, we're for each other. We're, we're, we're for people. We're, we're for Grace Baptist Church. I'm for Warren Baptist Church. I'm for Stevens Creek Community Church. I'm for Abilene Baptist Church. I'm, I'm for them. I, I want to see them tell other people about the dangerous message of Jesus and how I'm for, listen, I don't agree with everything that our government does. I don't agree with everything I do, do sometimes. But you know what? I'm for it. I pray for, I pray for them. I pray that, that God would enter our white house. I pray, I, I'm for, I'm, I'm for our country. The world knows everything we're against, but how would it change if we just let the world just know this is what we're for. There's a passage in verse 14. It says this, and I'll explain this and, and we're going to pray for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united the Jews and Gentiles, which were absolutely uh, the farthest ends of the spectrums. And to one people, when in his own body on the cross, and listen to this, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Now you read that, and unless you know Jewish culture, you really don't know what that's talking about. It's talking about the temple. And in the temple, there was five different rooms in the temple. And it started way out here. It was the room for the Gentiles, and there was a wall. And there was a room for the women, and there was a wall. And it was a room for the Jews, and then there was a wall. And then there was a room for the, the religious leaders, and there was a wall. And then there was a room for the priests. And what he's talking about right there is he broke down all those walls of hostility. So the person that's way over here has access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's, what, that's what's so amazing. That, that a common person like me or a common person like you can enter the throne, can enter, and the Bible actually tells us to approach his throne boldly. It's because we're on the level playing field. There's no small parts. Today as the world is filled with racial tension and social tension and political tension and philosophical tension and tensions about morality, what, what would happen because I still believe it's our responsibility and, and to put value on every living human being. I'm gonna say something, we're gonna close right here. You will never look in the eyes of somebody that Jesus didn't die for. I don't care how far away from God they are, you will never look in the eyes of any person that Jesus didn't die for. And this is what we have to do in this church. If we wanna be what God's called us to do the next 20 years, we have to open the doors to everyone. If anyone doesn't feel welcome here, it's because we failed. It's because we failed. <clears throat> we gotta strive for reconciliation. We gotta show Jesus to the world. We gotta show Jesus to this world that's skeptical of him. And when I say show, I don't mean preach. I mean demonstrate it with our lives so that they see Jesus in us. That's how we change the world.
Man, what a great 20 years it's been. In a second, you're gonna see one of the highest values we have at this church, and that's life change. And when I think about what we've done for the last 20 years, this is how we measure success here, by baptisms. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand up. We're gonna pray. We're gonna sing a couple songs together and celebrate as we baptize people. I just want you to make notice of the center screen for the next several moments as you just see legitimate life change in the world that we've had. Up till this point, we've baptized almost 1,700 people in this church. That is absolutely amazing. Amazing. That's you guys. That's you guys. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. God, as we celebrate again, more baptisms, life change, people declaring to the world that you are who, in fact, you say you are. God, help us be the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.